like a flood? Yeah, the Spirit of God lifts up the standard against them. I thought it was an Isaiah or one of the major prophets. I can't find them. Oh, that's true. My phone. I can Google it. <laughs> Isaiah where it says that the enemy comes in like a flood. Hmm? In King James Version, right? actually look up, um, I'll read it in ESV here in a second, but when you look up, even if you, if you were just to assume that they said the enemy, punctuation is not in Hebrew and there's no punctuation in Greek, right? So we always assume the enemy comes in like a flood. That's not true. How does the enemy come in? Subtle, like a thief, quiet, slowly, right? Who comes in like a flood? The Spirit of God, right? So, so it says in the ESV, so they, fear, they shall fear the name of the Lord from the east, well, from, from the west, and his glory from, from the rising of the sun, for he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. Is a more accurate translation than the King James Version. So the reason I wanted to, to bring that up is because I want you to understand that the enemy is under your feet. Like under defeat, right? Defeat, get it? Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> not not defeat, but defeat. <laughs> right? Play on words. Um, so there's a couple of things that came up. Oh, where'd it go? I was going to ask him what he was going to Ah, oh, what was he asking me? 
Who's, remember what we were talking about outside just now? Authority. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about authority a little bit. Okay. Yeah. When to stop praying. So. So we're gonna talk about that. Is that okay? I know it's different from what I said I was gonna talk about, but let's, let's talk about that for a little bit. So, a lot of ministries they teach you dominion authority, dominion authority, dominion authority, and they will use. Analogies like a, an officer, a cop. But the thief or the, the person committing the crime doesn't always stop, right? So if you, if you believe that you're an officer for the Lord, then what do you do when they don't stop? Right? Now, show me a scripture where it says you're an officer for the Lord. No, that's not an officer. It's not an officer. An ambassador, let's, let's define ambassador. Ambassador is somebody who represents the ruler. He doesn't represent just the kingdom or the authority of the kingdom. He represents the ruler himself. So if an ambassador says something, it's as if the president or the king or the whoever's ruling is saying it directly to the person. Way different. Way different. See, because when you think that you have, if, if, that you're an officer, then you think it's okay for the enemy to resist, right? Unconsciously, because we everybody's seen the movie like cops, like the TV shows, and they're running away, and sometimes they catch them, sometimes they don't, right? So the enemy has a right to resist. No. Now let's look at scriptures like authority. Or, I mean, sorry, authority. Um, that you are a king and a priest unto God. Different mentality. Right? What does the king say? Stop him. What do they do? They tackle him. Right? That's it. If, he, if somebody's in his presence, he goes, go. What do they do? Guards grab him, force him out. Right? Different mindset. You're not the one going and physically grabbing them and moving them. Grab a demon. Try it. Arrest the demon. Go ahead. How are you going to do that? Where are you going to put him in jail at? Hmm? No, it's not your job. You're a king. Have the mindset of a king. You declare something, believe it. It's that simple, right? So, it then leads to the question, well, how, when you're praying for somebody, how do you know when to stop, right? So let's say I'm praying for somebody, and they're getting better, and they're getting better, and they're getting better. When do I know when to stop? Anybody? You know when to stop? 
it's 100%? It's just believing that it's that it's gone even if you still see it. Okay? When you can see the person healed in your mind? Okay? And you said when the act when the person is actually hundred percent healed, okay? But before you start you just know it's done and those things are done. That that's already done? Before you start. Okay? Yeah. Okay. You had something? Yeah. Yes or no? Okay. Okay. All right. So, do you want to know the answer? What's your answer? Okay. All right. Okay. So, you want to know the answer? Okay, this is going to sound very interesting. All right? It's going to sound very interesting. I'll clarify. It depends on you. Okay? Because you you can be... It's, it's, it's basically knowing when you're trusting God and when you're not trusting God. Right? Because when we just talked just a while ago, you can pray, pray, boom, boom, healed, healed, healed. Oh, it's not moving. Right? So if I say, well, I need to see it 100%, you're going to be praying there all day. If you don't change the attitude and the intention of your heart. Right? So what is it? What if you don't see anything at all? Does it matter? Right? Because it brings up all these other questions. What if you don't have time to stay there more than five minutes? Hmm? Then when? So what? You believe and move on? Okay? You just speak and believe, so you're 100% every time. You're fully grown up into Jesus. <laughs> so you do it 100% of the time, and it works 100% of the time. <laughs> so that's my point. Is It's basically God honors where you're at. Okay? He honors faith, but he also sees where we're at. So you see, it's, it's a case-by-case -case basis. So you can go and pray for somebody, right? But it's about knowing yourself. So I can pray for somebody and say, okay, I know it's supposed to be 100%, and they have time, and I have time. I'm just going to believe, and I'm going to pray until they're completely healed, Right? But as we're growing, especially when somebody's a new believer, they're barely starting to pray for people, and they pray, and they pray, and they pray, and nothing happens, what do they do in their heart? They start doubting. 
they start getting moved off of it. Because they don't know the nature of God. They start questioning if it's God's will for the person to be healed. Right? So that's why when it's, it's somebody who's new, I always tell them, pray until you start feel liking, you start, like, you notice within yourself, it's not really a feeling. But when you know within yourself, you're being moved off of faith. Then you stop. Because in, if you keep praying, you're going to pray yourself into unbelief. Right? We see that a lot. Oh, no, no, no. It's supposed to move. And it's only in their head, not in their heart. Only in their head. No, no, it's supposed to move. It's supposed to move. That's what I'm saying. Get understanding. Understand. Why, why didn't it move? It's because you're not really believing in your heart. You're just saying all the right things out of your mouth. Right? Yes. Yeah, if you're even moved. So, like, for me, myself, I can tell you, um, there was a lady in, in the United States. As soon as we got back, she heard that we're praying for people. They're getting, we're seeing everybody healed. She called me, and they asked if we can, Daisy and I can even fly out and, and pray for her. So I prayed over the phone with her for, for about a week and a half. She had, she had mouth tumor, uh, mouth cancer, sorry. Her tongue fell out. The very day I started praying for her, before I prayed for her, her tongue fell out. She had tumors in the back of her throat, all in her mouth, on her neck. Big ones on her neck. They were the size of golf balls. Two of them, side by side. So we fly out. We lay hands. And we pray. And we pray. And we pray. They're shrinking. They're shrinking. But we continue hitting it. Continue hitting it. Continue hitting it. Continue hitting it. What's the difference in mindset if, if I would have been in that position two, two years earlier? I would have been in trouble. I would have been back to God. God, why isn't this working? Is there some hidden sin? Is there some, you know, going back to all the traditions of men and the sacred cows and everything else. And instead of saying, I am releasing life and it's working. Right? So the tumors in her mouth, one of them, it had pushed her teeth from the left side of her mouth all the way to the center of her mouth. Right? As we prayed, before we left, her teeth were already back on the left side of her mouth, and the tumor in the center of her mouth that was pushing up too was completely dead, and it left behind a round circle of bone and looked like to me, it looked like to me, that had teeth. Stinking tumor. That one died, it left. Talked to them afterwards, the tumors on her neck, flat, gone. Right? So you see, we poured in life and continued pouring in life and it starts working. It drives out all sickness. Every time. It doesn't matter. But would, I, would I rather have instant? Absolutely. Rather have instant. Anybody would. But the difference for me is that it didn't move us out of faith. It didn't move us out of my trust in God that this thing has to move completely. See the difference? So I was never out of faith. Before that, I can tell you, I was in, I was in issues where I pray and then I'd start wavering. 
Because the devil, sometimes he will try to see if you truly believe what you're saying. He knows it. He can smell if you trust God. Just like a dog can smell fear. He can say, oh, he's wavering. I can stick around longer. Right? So it's about knowing yourself. Sometimes whenever we're praying, we start wavering in our mind. Oh, there's something greater. Maybe, maybe they don't want to be healed. Oh, maybe. It doesn't matter. What are you doing? You've entered into your soul. You're no longer in faith. You've entered into your soul and you're trying to come up with excuses for the lack of power. The lack of God's nature flowing through you. Right? It's hard to swallow. But I tell you, that's exactly what it is. I've dealt with it. I've gone through it. What I'm sharing with you is my five and, five and a half years of, of hard-earned experience. Praying for tens of thousands of people. And so I'm, I'm telling you because I want you to be more effective. I want you to understand, people are going to grow. Help them get to the point where you grow up and you say, no, 100% instant. Watch, check this out. Be healed. Check it. Have them check it. Move around. Do what you couldn't do before. We were, we were walking um, in our meetings in Brazil. We were walking to lunch. It was only like a block away or a street away. And um, we were walking and saw this old lady. She, she was dragging her foot. I didn't pay attention to the rest of her body. I got fixated on the foot. I'm like, I told the interpreter, hey, I want to pray for this lady. She said, okay. We stop her. So, hello, ma'am, how are you? And everybody's very nice and gracious there, you know. So there, she stopped and she said, hello. And said, I noticed something's wrong with your body. Can I, can I pray for you? She said, yes, I had a stroke. I'm paralyzed in half my body. It didn't register to me. I didn't hear that. Honestly, I didn't care. <gasps> but you're supposed to love. I was. Right? I didn't care what the problem is because I already know the answer. It's Jesus. Who's in me? He's about to drive out the sickness. So I'm just looking at her leg and I'm just like, okay, give me your hand. It didn't even occur to me. She goes like this. She picked up her right hand to hand it to me. I'm focused. I'm ready to do my father's work, right? So I grab her hand and said, right now in Jesus' name, all weakness, leave this body now. Amen. I let her go. She starts, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, 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 no. What couldn't you not do before? And she was like, well... And she was like this, oh, I couldn't do this. And she's moving around. And I go, what about your leg? And she's like, oh, I can move my leg. And she was completely paralyzed half of her body. And she's in complete shock. I'm like, this is so amazing. I didn't have to try to heal her. I didn't force and throw snot on her and spit in her face or anything else, you know? I just, I was like, ma'am, she was a sweet grandma. She was with her grandchildren. Sweet grandma. 
I said, can I give you a hug? You know? And she said, yes. So I hug her. As soon as I hug her, God starts telling me about her. You know, I was like, oh my goodness. I look at the translator. It's like, translator? Tell her this. She repeats what I tell her. The grandma breaks in my arms. I got snot and tears and everything all over my shoulder. It was glorious. It was a badge of honor. You know, I got the word to, 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 breakfast, uh, to lunch. You know, even Daisy's like, what's on your shoulder? I was like, oh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> but it was amazing. Completely impacted, never the same. She got to witness how much God values her. She was already a believer. Next question she had, where do you go to church? That's what they always ask us. You can ask Daisy. Somebody gets healed, they're like, where do you go to church? I want to go to your church. I was like, um, we're working with this church right here. <laughs> we're here visiting them. Um, but I always tell people, it's not the church that's important. It's relationship with God. You have to have relationship. If you want to grow, yes. Get plugged in. Get discipled. Get trained. But make sure that you're growing up into your relationship with God. They're not helping you grow up into a relationship with God. Something's wrong. Time for you to leave that church. Right? Until you get to a place where you're completely solidified in God. Right? And you can walk on your own. And sometimes that happens sooner than we want. Sometimes God kicks us out of the nest early. We feel like we're having trouble flying, you know. And God's like, go make your own nest. What? No, no, God, no. I want to stay in comfort. I want to stay in the big nest. And he's like, no. It's time for you to move on. You need to grow. That's what God cares about. He cares about your growth. He doesn't care about what organization or association or institution you're part of. He cares about your growth. I had a, a man contact me about some of the people I was discipling. And he was like, giving me the third degree. You know, he was just like, I can't believe, you know, you're, you're discipling these people and, and they're doing rebellion and everything else. I was like, okay. I was like, are they backslidden? Have they walked away from God? He said, no. I go, you're saying they're in rebellion because they chose to leave your institution, your organization. That's not rebellion. That's a choice. Are you lording over them? If you are, you're in sin. Are they your sheep or are they God's sheep? Well, they're, they're God's sheep. And he got mad at me. He had a whole argument with me. I was, I was just calm. He was losing his temper. And I was like, look, we're all in the body of Christ. They haven't walked away from God. 
There's no organization of Andrew Walmack here and Todd White here. and No, Paul rebukes people for thinking that way. I'm of Apollos, I'm of Peter, I'm so-and-so. No, no, no. None of us died for you. Jesus did. Grow up into the body of Jesus Christ. Grow up into the full stature and maturity of Jesus. That's the goal. Grow. Grow up. And taking responsibility for other people is how you grow fastest. So even as a trainer, it's easy for you to travel and train and have nobody you're actually pointing to on a daily basis. Don't fall into that trap. Because you're like, well, God, I'm, I'm doing all this work and I'm, you know, I'm already stretched as it is. I'm working and then I'm working for the kingdom and I'm doing this. Okay, so now you're saying you're too busy to do what God's called you to do. What does it say we're supposed to do? Matthew 28. Does it say do seminars? What does it say? Make disciples. What about lead people to Christ? Does it say that? No. It says make disciples. The problem with, and you understand, I have huge respect for these men of God. T.L. Osborne, Reinhard Bunke, Billy Graham, Benny Hinn, all these men is that they've come and they've preached and left with no discipleship and left sheep scattered without shepherds. And they've all gone astray. The majority of them. You can put it that way. Not all, but the majority of them. And you see, I was talking with um, a friend of ours works for, for Reinhard Bunke and Daniel Colinda's ministry, a C-fan, right? And we were discussing how many people they actually retain. See, because all they say is we have decisions, this, uh, decision cards, they don't ever say they're believers. Which is interesting. So, that, well, how many people actually stick? They say, what was it, like 1%? Something ridiculous. 1%. Out of millions of people who show up for the meeting, 1% are still there when they send somebody there to disciple. Isn't that crazy? And we were told to make disciples. Billy Graham, at the end of his life, he says, if I could go back and redo everything all over again, I will pour my entire life into 12 people. I wouldn't do the stadium meetings again. I'd pour my life into 12 people. Are stadium meetings wrong? No, they're not. They're good. They have a place. But you can't focus on stadium meetings. You need to focus on making disciples. Just think about it. Let's say I come here and I live with you for two and a half years. And that's all we do every day is just 
study the word, practical application, walking it out, answering questions, go back, study the word, practical application, studying out, right? And that's all we did over, over, and over, and over. By the end of two and a half years, you should be able to go take somebody, and probably even before that, and start doing the same thing to them. So it says if we took, if all of us took three people, three people, and we did this in a year, in one year, you know what will happen? How long will it take to, to reach the entire world? You know? 30 years. 30 years. If we did three people, it becomes exponential if you do 12. Right? You know, people are disciple personally, myself right now, Daisy and I. 20 people. We disciple. So it's not just about going out and doing seminars. Is it important? Yes. You have to train the body. You have to grow the standard, right? But at the same time, you have to personally invest in people, relationships. They matter. Make disciples. So tomorrow we're going to start talking about kingdom. We're going to really focus on kingdom tomorrow. Okay? Because we're going to discuss, some of the things we're going to discuss tomorrow is long-term lasting change in communities. How to do it. How to accomplish it. And how to, where you're at right now is just doing trainings, converting that into a greater vision, okay? Because right now, just teaching people to heal and get words of knowledge and prophecy and stuff, they're tools. They're tools. They're great tools. They're awesome tools, right? But if you're happy there, all you're looking for is short-term gratification. If you're not making a change, then you're not being true to the nature of God in you. Right? Imagine, completely fearless, you go into a village, might be 10,000 people, right? Small town. And you walk completely fearless and you start discipling people. Within five years, you'll take over the entire city, the entire village, the entire town. Five years. Everybody born again. Business, politics, education, everything producing more godliness, right? Imagine that. Now, how long would it take to go to another town, another town, and then jump to big cities? And literally strategically plan entire campaigns on taking a whole city for Jesus Christ. What that looks like. How awesome it would be. Right? So we'll get into that tomorrow. Any other questions? <laughs> I can ask some, answer some questions, uh, and then that way, after lunch, we can get into the prophetic stuff. Sound good? Yes? Yeah, just know yourself. Know yourself. Know yourself. So if you're praying for somebody and you feel, okay, I'm starting to, there's doubts trying to come in, stop.
John Lake would say, let's stop and believe God for five minutes. Right? So he'd walk away, pray for other people, come back, and usually that person's completely healed. Because you're not trying to do it yourself anymore. You're trusting God. Right? See how it, we make it complicated because we're trying to do it out of our own soul. We're trying to do it out of our own power. Our own willpower and everything else instead of just saying, God, we trust you. I'm telling you, this is a message that works and it's so liberating because you don't have to force it. All you have to do is be. Just be. Just like a son. Do you have to try to be a son? Do you have to try to be a daughter? No. It's just accepting that you're a son or daughter. Where's that coming from? Hello? Hello? That's not me. Oh, it's over there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was about to say. I was like... <laughs> so you don't have to try to be a son or a daughter, right? You just be. So John Lake says, it's not in the doing, it's in the being. It's that, is that simple? So when you begin to look at this, and you, you begin to see the very nature of God, can you just be? He's provider. He provides healing. He provides expectation. He provides peace and joy and love through you to countless people. But it's got to hit you first. Right? So let's talk about the two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Right? What's the second one? So look how they go hand in hand. Because we, we see a lot of people in church today, they love God all their heart and they have a zeal they get burned out loving God what is that possible yes it is it's possible because if you feel that it's one direction only yes yes that's what I'm getting at so I'm getting it but at the same time it's, it's also, when it's the love of God, it's the understanding that he reciprocates. Right? It's not just one direction. It goes both ways. Do you need him to love you back if you're loving him with his kind of love? No, you don't. But it's his love. It's not our idea. It's his love. He's teaching us his love. So it's not that we're greater than God. We're going to love him unconditionally beyond himself no that's impossible it's his love right so when you begin to see the value that he's placed on you that he has plans for you in his kingdom he's gone to make a mansion for you come on 
wants to work with you. Every single person. We serve a big God. And he doesn't want to leave anyone out. Right? He wants to work with each and every one of us. Harder can reach people I can't. Harsha can reach people I can't. Castro can reach people I can't. Anthony can reach people I can't. Each of you can reach people I can't get to. Right? So look at this. God wants to walk and work with you. He values you. And once you start getting a revelation of his love, that it is unconditional, there's no conditions to it. Then you begin to really embody that, right? And you're not looking for acceptance from somebody else because you're already accepted in the beloved. You're not trying to get pleasure or, or trying to, to get fulfillment or anything else from anybody else because it doesn't matter. And what you express to people is completely out of the love you have for God. And the love he's reciprocating back into you and through you. So it becomes completely unconditional. No conditions. Well, he looked at me wrong. He looked me up and down and turned around and walked away. So what? Give him a hug. Freak him out. Right? Well, I know that they're upset at me. I don't know why, but I know they're upset with me. Well, do what Jesus said. Go buy them a gift. Take it to them. Ask them for forgiveness if they, you know they're upset with you. Holy humbling. Well, I didn't do anything wrong. So what? Don't you think that it's better to get over your own pride so that they can walk in the kingdom in a relationship with God and help them grow up into a relationship with God so they begin to operate and flow out of the love of God? Instead of out of principle, I cannot bow. The wind may blow, but the mountain cannot bow. Right? Get over yourself. You see those knees right there? I can make them bend. That's what God says. So you decide, no. They're worth this much to God. They should be worth that much to us. Then you begin to love others as yourself. But you have to see the value that God's placed on you. And I'm telling you, I'm getting more revelation of the understanding of how much he cares about everything. 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 We were doing prophetic words and one of the sisters, um, God was telling me a bunch of stuff. And I was just prophesying over her. We were with the team, you know, I was prophesying over her. And after we finish, we, we're eating, and she stops and she's like, she comes and she sits next to me. She goes, what else did God tell you about me? I know he told you more. I was like, yeah, he did. 
but it's, it's not important. What do you mean it's not important? God told you. I go, some things are just not important. And it's definitely not supposed to be said in front of people. I don't want to shame you or you get embarrassed or anything, you know. And she's like, okay, so can you tell me now? I suppose I can, since you're really pushing hard for it, you know. And she's like, so what, what are some things that God tells you that is not important? He told me you like to dance. Really? I go, yeah, he told me I like to dance. He loves it when you dance with him in your room when nobody's around. I go, it's not important to everybody else. Everybody else doesn't need to know that. I go, is it true? She put her head down. Yes, it's true. Started crying. So I didn't know if he, he truly enjoyed that. He said he does. How is what I know? Right? Very simple. What did it do? It was uplifting. It was personal. Between her and God. God speaks to people. That way. I had a friend. He went to go rebuke somebody. Because God told him to go. Okay. And he said. He tells this guy. He had three dreams last night. He doesn't ask him what the dreams were. He goes. The first dream you dreamt about this. And this is how the dream went. Guy goes. That's right. Second dream. You dreamt about this. And this is what your dream was. Yes. That's right. The third dream. This is how it went. And this is what the dream was. Yes, that's right. God's telling you this. The guy looked at him, said, three out of four isn't too bad, and turns around and walks off. The guy, God sent him to some obscure restaurant in the morning to deliver a prophetic word. In the presence of two more witnesses. That's a little scary. To not stop and consider, ponder, maybe. Hmm, just maybe. God could be talking to me through this. How else was God going to know, or the, the guy going to know exactly what he dreamt? Three different dreams. Very interesting. You will encounter people with pride. But it says that a wise man, Proverbs says a wise man knows how to pull out the deepness, right, from their heart. It's something you learn over time. I wish I could just pick it up immediately and see, because whenever you begin to speak and you begin to train, is, is it good to talk about the identity of Christ? Yes, it is. It is. But you have to, they first need to understand the value that they have before God. So when they have the, they understand the value that they have before God, then they understand what they have in Christ Jesus. 
because of what God was willing to pay through Christ Jesus to obtain them. Right? You see what I'm saying? Following my logic? And then it becomes easy for them to flow in things because they understand the very nature of God. And they're not trying to make things happen. So everybody you train should start where your ceiling is. Okay? But I'm telling you, when you understand the very nature of God, there is no ceiling. But they start right next to you. The guys that we train in Brazil, they're still seeing 100% healing. One of them sent me a testimony this past week before we came. He said, I've been going to pray for this lady who had Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and diabetes. He said, we went again. She's completely healed. The shaking stopped, has not come back. And I was like, I wanna, I'd like to, to get some like doctor's proof, you know, so people can say, you know, well, God, you ever seen Parkinson's healed? Right here. Evidence. Because this is what you're asking for, right? Because you're not trusting what I'm telling you. You don't believe that God is healer. But here's, here's your evidence from your man, your God. Is that the truth? I don't need this evidence. This is for you. And so Daisy and I, we've been discussing how, how do we start tracking a lot of these healings? Because a lot of people, especially in the States, very skeptical. Well, I wonder healing made and I don't see anybody get healed. So healing's not real. Okay, maybe if you hung out near the front, just because they didn't hoop and holler and we didn't make a big show out of it didn't mean they didn't get healed. But as I read to you yesterday, Jesus didn't either. He didn't say, everybody gather around. Everybody get around. I'm about to heal this blind man. Never did it. Instead, it says it was a fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah that he didn't even bend, a, he didn't break a bruised reed or put out smoking flax of a candle. Right? So he wasn't drawing attention to himself. Did he draw attention Overall, yes, attention was drawn to him because he was seeing everybody healed. But he didn't go to make a show out of it. He was showing the very nature of God, the love of God, the power of God, in that it's personal, that God is a personal God. Right? I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's amazing. It breaks all the rules that religion sets up. Well, you can't know God. Only the pastor and the prophet and the apostle and the evangelist and the teacher, they go to God for you. No, 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 no. No. We have one mediator, and his name is Jesus. And that's it. 
It's very interesting. So real quick, let me give you some. Y'all want to take a break? Or you want me to give you talk a little more? You want a break? Break? No? Yes? No? Yes? Yes? <laughs> you tell me yes or no. I mean, uh, you, yeah. <laughs> some, some yeses, some noes. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, 10 minute break. All right.